Gearheads Podcast. And it's lights out and away we go! Hi everyone, welcome back. If you are a first timer, my name is Ving and this is Ving Gears at Podcast, a podcast where we talk about sim racing, always with a pinch of salt on motorsport. Today the pinch of salt is going to be a little bit too much because all we're going to talk about is going to be about motorsport, the guest is about motorsport, we're going to talk all about this life of motorsport. But if you are not a newcomer and if you are already listening to me for a long time, thank you so much and join for joining me back. It's been a good week. Let's first kick out with talking about sim racing and after we will talk about everything with Mark. Sim racing, not many things we can talk about it. I think we've been a steady week, like in different from the last week. Uh, F1 23 early release had come yesterday. The idea that I have is a little bit very mixed, is a lot, a lot of love, of course, a lot of people that are content creators with F1, they always have to spread the love, showing for what they use. Of course, some uh, complaints about the force feedback, I have to be honest, it's a little bit normal related with EA games, so I will leave a couple of weeks for having a, a strong opinion about the game. I think it's too soon for a game and say the game is good, the game is bad, this and this. So let's see how the game will go. Crew Motorfest is coming too, already announced. And for the motorsport with the videos and everything, both of them hitting the end of the year, October as uh, the idea, of course October, November, December, we know is always the game when the games release on that time, is to hit the market on Christmas, so games to be bought as a Christmas gift. You know, always with these games that are arcade sim, no, they are not full arcade, but they are not full simulator, I think. The game from um, Forza Motorsport is going to be a little bit more uh, the same. The Crew Motorfest looks like a copy from Forza Horizon, so if you this one is a type of title that you like, probably going to be interesting, but I think I must say that a lot of the people, when they start playing with wheels and everything, they start going for something more realistic and these games are not what you're looking for these games normally they focus more on the controlling type of game than essentially on a game that goes to the wheel so let's see how it goes but i think in terms of the f1 i will wait a little bit to know what the game is and i will after have a special guest where we will talk about all the shenanigans about games that come every year or that was coming every year like the EA games normally games that come after two three years and they bring the same as just new graphics and the same style so we will talk a little bit about but I will have a special guest but now it's time for we jump talking about Mark Foster that's what brings us here and two important things that I want to bring before Mark Foster First, very special guest, Mark Foster is with us, a unique interview. First part will be only about F1 Life, and the second we will bring this Jedi Master the come back and talk about Rock Solid Rigs. I think it's really important to talk about his experience of F1, for we understand that when he say, when when with open uh, mouth that he create one of the best rigs, uh, for us, plywood rig and everything that 
is not bringing that from a empty he have a background where he can say that <laughs> so he's not just a person that come and say look this is good he knows what talking about so it's good that we talk first with him break the character break the person and after we will talk about the rock solid bigs but like i said before we jump let me talk about two really important things i'm going to be a little bit quickly first of all i want to say many thanks to everyone involved in the fundraising from forest motorsport to podium everyone involved makes the day great graham uh, and forest make me a very good day because on podium nikki and ben they been amazing They've been really good, good person. So for my part, thank you so much. We made seven pounds. Macmillan is taking care of now about everything. They are doing all the thing with the taxes and everything. So they take care of that part. I'm not the person involved on that. So they are doing that. And for what I understand, the all the divide with agreement with them would be 400 pounds for them. And after I would take the rest with some taxes to help me but they will come back to help me more in more things and that is a part of the second part that I want to talk with you guys is a little bit difficult but let's see if I put myself correctly and I will bring everything properly so I don't know what's going to be the future of the podcast and the future of everything but probably this adventure will go to the end in the space of two months but I wouldn't know nothing precisely but after the appointment that I had today a lot have been decided and a lot have been taken in point so there are a lot of exams that you guys know I'm on the palliative that means that my cancer don't have a cure but that sometimes don't mean nothing you can keep going you can keep living but after I've been dealing with a lot of absence, uh, dementia, a lot of problems on my head, uh, pain pain on my head constantly, very difficult to focus, no energy, a lot of stuff. We make all the ECGs, EGGs, uh, MRIs and everything. And we come to the conclusion, unfortunately, from the doctors, uh, that my life expectation will go from 12 months to 15. And 15 being already the maximum that what they expel form of course the characteristics that the body is showing and the 12 probably of course being a number and uh, that is due to heavy degradation on the body and uh, I'm gonna say it's I don't wanna lie it's hard I think I knew it was coming but now you know when is coming or what is coming is a little bit different and I hope you guys understand so that's when it take now a lot on my head uh, I was not probably feeling to record a podcast today as normally I record Monday Tuesdays but I left a little bit late because I have some things to do Monday I was not feeling very well on Tuesday I went to Jimmy Broadband uh, in Donington Park so I stay in my corner there I enjoy it and um, Today I was focused, I was thinking good news, uh, but um, <laughs> it is what it is, uh, it's not much we can do, but let's talk about good things, I think I still have some good podcasts already recorded with good people, I have Swell Yomade, I have Mark Foster coming back, like I say, we're going to have an episode, exclusive episode, we'll talk about Rally and if the Rally is dead on terms of games, uh, you're going to have Nicholas DGV. Cyberport and one more special guest so I think it's already 
around two months that I have content. So I will keep myself pushing to do this content and after I will see what will bring me. But for my part, I think, thank you so much for everything. It will make more than I was expecting. Last uh, podcast reached uh, 7.5 and 5.1 uh, thousand views in the Portuguese and an English one, plus one point something in the YouTube, more than I could expect. So bring almost near the 15,000 views. <laughs> It's crazy how this started. Uh, I cannot compare myself to great podcasts or great YouTubers on content creators in same role, but this is more than I was expecting. Uh, oh, the other day, uh, someone uh, said to me on the street uh, when we went to Jimmy Broadband, someone came to me and said, oh, You are from Gearzed, I, I hear your podcast, really, really nice. So these things made my day and, you know, I cannot say thank you for everyone to join me on these episodes on everything and uh, I'm sorry if everything has to be cut so early, but it's been hell of a month since February until now, I think five months, 19 episodes is, is a lot. So let's keep doing it until the 30 and after the 30... <laughs> 30 episodes I will see if going or not but you know you can always support the channel you can always support me to the Patreon even to listen to the podcast remember give always 5 stars that's really important that's bring me to the charts so it's really important not only listen give the, star, the stars the stars make me close to the charts and of course I thank you so much to all the Patreons João Pedro Graham Forrest and Alex Rizzolo to be here with me always supporting me and let's start talking about happy things and bring my interview with Mark Foster. Mark, thanks so much for having you here with me. I think it's a pleasure for having you sharing the studio. Oh, here you go. Thanks for having me. Uh, introduce you a little bit. You've been working on almost all the teams based on UK. Yeah, so uh, I started in about 2006 in Formula One uh, at Red Bull. For in their R&D department and then after that about a decade in composite design in Red Bull and then had a few stints as, uh, in contracting in various other teams so Williams, uh, Mercedes and Alpine uh, for kind of you know quite short stints but as a, as a contractor which allowed me to do other things uh, in, you know intertwined with the Formula One work. Okay and you were Aston Martin too no? Uh, that was just a brief stint. Aston Martin, so that was um, working alongside them for the Valkyrie project uh, okay. for a couple of years, uh, kind of in and out of F1 again, uh, kind of going over to that side and back to F1 again. Uh, it's so all a bit not convoluted. Involved, not involved with the F1 team? Or no, no, okay. not, not directly. Just the Valkyrie no. car? Yeah, just, just the road car with uh, Aston. Uh, so that was when I was uh, working with Rebel Advanced Technologies, which was kind of... You know, they they do the car, uh, you know, the road car side of things and boats and things like that. So anything aside from the F1, they okay. take care of. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's perfect. And um, when you have to go to Mercedes, do you have to share any <laughs> information because you've been on two parts of uh, no, well, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, it's um, a couple of years that uh, where Red Bull and yeah, Mercedes was. I think um, when when if you're at a very so I'm senior level is the highest I ever got to. Uh, so if you're a higher level than that, you'd probably be asked to you know, spill some information, but, uh, or maybe, I don't know. Uh, but no, no, uh, it's very, um, I'm very, very careful. And, uh, you know, again, going to the other teams, I was just a, you know, a contract designer. Um, so you need to be very careful not to be the kind of person who's Sharing saying, oh, the... this happens there, you know, <laughs> because you, you won't be invited anywhere. Uh, yeah. you know, it's a, quite a small industry in terms of designers and the close-knit 
bunch of people who everyone knows everybody. And uh, if you you know get a reputation for spilling the beans, then yeah. it's, uh, you won't be invited back. <laughs> yeah, I imagine because you you when you join three years on Red Bull, you have all the grow up of of Red Bull. So you after you have the 2010, that I think probably will be the best era of Formula One on recent years. I think 2000s. But 2014, the, the teams was very yeah, close. Yes, yeah. So it was no, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was um, the teams were still not crazy in, in size, um, and you know, Red Bull was a very young team. Obviously, they had a, a, a party reputation um, in the early days, and you know, they were taken seriously very, very quickly. Uh, the cars were getting so uh, there was just no compromise. I mean, Red Bull was run by obviously run by Adrian um, and. He, he he runs it in the nicest way, like a dictator, uh, which is you know it seems to be the way to be. He, he you know you had to everyone worked under him <clears throat> in reality, and uh, there was no if, if you said something couldn't be done, you had to prove that. Otherwise, okay. you know you would look not personally, but you know person looking after me, for example, would look ridiculous because he 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 knows every area of the car. It's quite incredible to see you know not that I dealt with him personally very often, uh, but he he. Um, Yeah, it's quite impressive to see the solutions he comes up with in any area of the car that no one else thought of, no, you know, on, on the spot. He's a, he's a genius, no? Well, yeah, it seems, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I can't think of anybody that, maybe well, Ross Braun's quite up there, isn't he, I suppose, um, comparatively. And, um, that, that was a miracle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the best story. Yeah? You, got, you buy a team for one, uh, one yeah. pound, no? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he obviously knew what he had in the, yeah, in the back pocket. Exactly. Uh, of course, he had experience already with because he'd been in Ferrari, he'd been in other, other areas. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he had, yeah, a, yeah. He had a, already some background, but I think that that's one of the best stories ever. You yes. the team, you get two drivers. One that was on the, on the end of career, Ruben Barrichello. You have Jason Button that will have a lot to prove because it was always someone that never was closing that what people was expecting. And suddenly the car is no sponsors, nothing. You have a, a white car with that green-ish uh, color in it and you get it was amazing. unbelievable. I mean, I, I remember, uh, you know, we were at the Rebel factory and we heard that, um, you know, they, Honda were in trouble and might go under. And we were hoping, you know, everyone knew it, someone who worked at, uh, you know, at Brackley yeah. and uh, hoping they would get to the grid somehow and, you know, oh, they make it. Uh, and little did we know that, you know, they were going to beat Red Bull to what could have been potentially their first title. Uh, but yeah, they did incredibly well. I remember being in the, you know, the meeting when they, uh, we saw what they were doing with the floor and, you know, the, what's a slot, what's a hole. Uh, you know, fiasco. And uh, yeah, it was a bit panic stations for a lot of people. <laughs> Uh, and they couldn't catch up in the end and obviously Braun took the championship. So, but no, those years were, you know, after that, uh, it was four championships, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Constructors, drivers. Uh, you know, even, um, the, uh, even the driver, no, Sebastian Vettel after it was four years. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we do, because I don't think um, most fans just care about driver championships. So I don't know about yourself. I, I, I care more than manufacturer. I think I really? care. Really? Oh, okay, right, right. Because yeah. I, I don't follow everyone. I don't follow a team. Okay. I, I like the development of the team. For example, I, uh, I, I look on all the aspects and, and sometimes a driver, I, you have great drivers, but I come from a country where you have, for example, Philippe Albuquerque and um, Felix Acosta. Both of them, yeah. Philippe Albuquerque was you, with you guys on uh, Red Bull. It was Red Bull Academy. Mm -hmm. And he, he had everything to go to, 
to Red Bull, he was faster than, than Sainz. He was faster than Danny Kiat. Mm-hmm. He, bet, he beat Vettel on the race of the championship. He had everything, but he didn't have the, the money. And sometimes I, I see the driver is there. Sometimes it's because they have something on the background. Sometimes sometimes not a talent, but is something that helps them going there. Yeah, they have talent, but something there is that helps them. Remember yeah. Ayrton Senna, probably you, you guys don't, don't know, but because uh, it's come from our language, Ayrton Senna come from a very rich family. He was a very good driver, yeah. but he had a lot of... Uh, <laughs> That's not talked about very much, is it? Yeah, uh, exactly. Does people have the appearance for people forget that uh, yeah. he, before he jumped on Lotus, he, he even stopped doing F1 because he was tired. He didn't like it. But after his family put again money and he could uh, come. It's a good movie about an English driver, a British driver. Yeah. It was on the same time with Arton Senna. I forgot the, the, his name. That he lost the seat to Ayrton Senna. I'm not sure of the film. No, no. Yeah, it's, it, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will play to you about there that. There are loads film. of F1 films I haven't seen. Yeah, them, yeah and that uh, one is quite, it's quite a, f- a story because after yeah. he, he lost everything. Yeah. Because on that time, you know, or you go Formula 1 or you, after you, <laughs> he, he never progressed so much. But yeah. he was such a good talent. Everyone said it was fast. And he lost to Ayrton Senna on that time when Ayrton Senna has money to right, put. Right, okay, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite a, a, no, a strange story. So, yeah, I, I, in terms of, you know, the, the, there is a bit of an issue with drivers in F1 and, and you know, you need to be uh, nurtured from a very young age, clearly, and have the money for that behind you. And then, that, you know, a lot of guys make it to a very, and girls make it to a very, very high level. And um, obviously F1 and, uh, you know, the formulas below that are a different ball game, and you need money, backing and experience. And often that's why you see surnames repeating in F1. And I, you know, I think that's probably not a great sign of raw natural talent. I mean, a good example for me is, is um, F1 um, football. So football, you need to get good at football, you need a football and, and you know, jumpers and, and, you know, maybe a basic field, which, are, you know, they're everywhere. Uh, so the barrier to entry is very, very low and you can practice and practice and do what you like. Uh, and, and so the result of that is you have raw talents from all over the world uh, um, you know, getting these positions of being very influential sportsmen mm-hmm. and women, and uh, you, you see it on the field, especially during the World Cup, of how passionate you know uh, both sexes are at these sports, and, and they're giving it their all, and it's like a life or death. You know, in terms of how they're performing, it's like gladiators. Uh, whereas in F one, um, you know, the, the bar to entry is so high, the pool of of talent is very very small. Obviously, they're very very talented drivers. There's no getting around that. Um, but they are uh, from a small pool of people. So that's where hopefully sim racing in the future will come in and, and extract talent from all around the world. I think so. I agree with you. Because you, you say names and you can remember the Brazilian name is Fritti Pauli. It's all the, the generations after or, or their sons or cousins yeah. and their grandsons yeah. are there. And they are good drivers, but they are not close <laughs> what you expect from uh, even I think Bruno Senna was a good driver, but he never progress so much on Formula One, you never have the, the talent. So I, I agree with you, but sometimes um, and back name open a lot of doors, automatic. And uh, like I say, on comparing with, with uh, football, football, everyone can have a ball. Uh, if you go to Brazil, everyone are playing and they play hours and hours outside because it's the only thing that can, and that creates sometimes a great teams, Absolutely. you know, from decades and decades and it's different. But how you see the, the way that Formula One is going now? So I think it's I I don't I tend to miss races now unfortunately. but you are not missing. But no, missing no, I mean, in general. I've seen you know there've been some quite 
you know, impressive races recently that are worth watching. Um, it has been getting a bit more boring for a few years. You know, um, we enjoyed it when we were winning championships. That was quite fun because, you know, but it was from after that kind of point, 2014, like you say, that it started to get a bit uh, less competitive and, you know, hard to overtake, et cetera. Um, but I think it's getting better. I think it's things like the cost cap are helping bring the, you know, the, the grid, you know, a bit tighter. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure what else you can do. I mean, the cars are obviously huge in their new format. Yeah, that's one, and, one uh, of thing, my questions is, yeah. you don't think the cars are getting too big that difficult all the types of manners because what's the point we go Monaco that's a great circuit but after you have a car that <laughs> take yeah. all, all, the, all the racing lines Monaco, so you know, it's, no, it's no racing line I there. don't know how they, I mean you know you look back at Monaco in the 90s and the cars threading through Monaco and thinking how on earth do they do it and now you look at the cars alongside each other like Alpine um, F1 they have a they've got Alonso's blue Renault like yeah. championship Renault and alongside a new shaped car. And the, the difference is absolutely unbelievable in size, you know, in scale. Uh, the things I need to do it for safety and for curves and, and other reasons, I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of the large cars. Okay. And it was quite, uh, the first time I kind of saw a uh, new generation car was at Mercedes. And um, I remember bringing the uh, aero file, she's bringing the aero to make the bits. And uh, it was, I think it was very late at night. I, I was getting onto a new project on the bodywork brought in the aero surface and uh, it was the, the zero pod design. Do you remember that zero yeah. pod? And uh, it was the strangest shape. It didn't look right. It was like, uh, it looked like a, I've opened up the wrong generation of car here because it wasn't even covering the, you know, the impact structures in the car and it was, there was no side pod entry there as far, you know, such a small entry. Uh, so it was all very, very, you know, different and strange. But, you know, I think they are, the races are getting a bit better. And, you know, like we said about Ross, we mentioned Ross Braun earlier. He's at the head of that still, I think, yeah. isn't he, the FIA? Um, and I think he's going to make, he's making more and more moves. It's not a fast process, is it? Um, and F- F1's a tricky one. You can mess it up quite easily as well with the, you know, the format of the grid. Because um, it's always a lot, uh, a loophole that someone's going to find and yeah. they're going yeah, to exploit, ex- explore it. Absolutely. Because, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. part of, the, of racing. You see yeah. loopholes, not only on Formula One. Uh, what, would you, what would you like to see out of interest in, in the F1? What think one, one big change would make a difference? I don't think, I think, for example, comparing with IndyCar mm-hmm. in terms of overtakes, uh, IndyCar, St. Petersburg had around 260 overtakes. Formula One right? on okay. Miami was a maximum this season and it was only 60 overtakes. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know, or the, the drivers are not are afraid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, because now you lose the seat easily, then you lose, yeah. then you lose a yeah, couple yeah, of years yeah. ago. <laughs> so Nick De Vries is already apparently on the vertice to losing his seat. Yeah. The news yesterday was uh, Daniel Ric- uh, Ricardo is putting his, uh, he's making his uh, seat yep. on Alphatari. Of course, there is a reserve <laughs> driver for both of the teams. He need to have a, a fit seat, but that can mean the free uh, even performance. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Ricardo can bring the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah, have yeah, a lot yeah. of sponsors from uh, Australia. Mm. He have the name. Probably can do <laughs> better if Yuki Tsunoda is doing Time, uh, tens, eleven, tens, eleven. Yeah, uh, yeah. probably then Ricardo will manage to do the same. Yeah. So, yeah. well, no, I suppose if, if you're and that's some... the Red Bull way, like, like you say, they they know what they're doing. Yeah. Is the yeah. Australian. I work for an Australian head chef, so I work in Portugal in a in a two mission star restaurant, and uh, I was working under one uh, Dita Dita is a Australian head chef. Yeah. And um, curiosity, his uh, mentor is a chef. Is the the 
person that is connected to the Angar uh, 7, so the Red Bull. Uh, oh, yes, Angar, Angar, yeah, yeah, Angar, yeah, yeah, Angar yeah, Zivan, yeah. as they call him. So, okay. uh, was his head uh, chef. So, they are connecting to. <laughs> and this mentality is the same thing. You, I remember we had a team of 18 chefs. Yeah. Of course, you have the, 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 your uh, position. But it's always someone there yeah, yeah, <laughs> that uh, yeah. you are not performing. So, so you play uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you will take yeah. your your place. So yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. it looks scary, but it's a way of you focus on your day. Or... Yeah, things you need the pressure. I mean, it, um, Red Bull did an interesting thing where they got rid of a so Max Verstappen got his place at Red Bull by replacing somebody halfway through the season, if I remember right. My memory might be deceiving me, uh, but it was a, quite a shift change to get a. Um, a driver Danny Kvyat, the Russian driver that after yes, but that was from right. Red Bull to that uh, sounds right, yeah. For Toro Rosso, yeah. So, the, and the lesson I think they're sending there is that you know they will demote you quite happily, but that you get us. I mean, you can get a second chance, yeah. And, uh, and that's a and Gaz, Gasly Albon. Well, yeah, thing, and uh, maybe Ricardo. You know, maybe Ricardo will <laughs> yeah, get a second yeah. chance. I mean, that's an interesting topic, Ricardo, and, and what's going on there. Having a, uh, a world class uh, driver. Yeah, I think I'm he's one sure. of the best overtakers in. Uh, in F1. Yeah, just because I, he had such a passion. And he just he, fell off the boil. I don't yeah, know what yeah. happened. It's quite, um, it was quite bad to see, obviously, uh, when he went to. It was, it was, no, he uh, left Red Bull to for, go to Renault. Uh, and after uh, McLaren. Yeah, uh, Re- yeah, Renault, McLaren. Yeah, he hasn't been to Ferrari yet, has he? I'm thinking of Vettel yeah. there. Um, no, so he, yeah, obviously he, fell off the boil, but it's still, it must be there, in there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if, I'm sure if he spent enough time in the simulator, you, and if there's a problem with another driver, he gets a chance in that current car, and yeah. he, then he can show what he can do. Okay. Which I'm sure he's praying for that, you know, for one of them to be a bit Ill, Ill one day and he can have a, <laughs> can prove himself again. You know, that would be really good to see, actually. And it went back to the times that you've been on Red Bull on that 40 years. Was anything that you designed that was part, big part of the car? Or yeah. it was just always a bunch of ideas that everyone has to come? And yeah, to... yeah. I mean, it's, it was all so, so uh, overall Red Bull, I was there for uh, 10, uh, 10 years at Red Bull. So a decade in composite design in the design office and um uh yeah we took care of you know i was a design engineer and uh seen it got to senior eventually but yeah we worked on um it was composite designs anything carbon anything black uh so the the cockpit monocoque the, the wings uh bodywork all that kind of stuff so i i was very lucky to work with on, on a few projects uh which are quite interesting and you know mechanical projects and and uh uh, you know, you, you want things to uh, move in a certain way mm-hmm. as you get faster down the track and as you slow down, that kind of thing. Uh, like the all, all teams are trying to do, you know, and you work alongside Aero to work out what, what effect they want uh, and what they want these parts to do. And, uh, yeah, lots of things. And mainly for me, it was uh, wing assemblies. So okay. uh, uh, when I was when it was during the season, it would be uh, very much uh, in my later years there, you get a, a, an entire wing from Aero. Uh, so it's just the surface, basically, in the, in the CAD. And then you chop it up into bits and what's going to be titanium, what will be carbon, how will the carbon be made, you know, where the spar is going to go, how will it attach to the nose box, that kind of stuff. And also how, um, you know, how is it going to uh, perform on the on the, the straights and the corners. And you would then work, you'd have a t- team of about eight people who would take different bits and okay. uh, you'd, you'd have the oversight as a, you know, if you're doing the front wing, the rear wing and the cockpit, you'd be the overseer of um, what's, what everyone's doing uh, in like the master model makes sure everything fits together and everyone's on the same path and any because error can just fire an update and it will change it all and your model all needs to update but yeah it's mainly that during the season and then off season um, I mainly helped with the uh, monocoque so okay. I was assisting a guy called uh, Jason Bond to um, uh, design the, the chassis 
which is quite an interesting. It's a it's a great big massive um, very complicated bracket. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did you speak about the wing? Uh, it's something I want to ask because a lot of the wing, sometimes depending on the type of circuit, the wings gonna have different types of weights, you know. Because I saw one time uh, they were speaking about McLaren and they had one wing that was around half a kilo, and after they have one that was around uh, almost eight kilos. So they said that depending on the on the type of circuit and everything, so you guys have to work everything already on beginning of the year how gonna be, or you are constantly working and uh, updating the wing. Yeah, so they're always trying to get in terms of weight of the wing. Um, it's the furthest forward part, of the, most part of the car. Okay. So if you're struggling to, with forward weight, you, you know if you can stick weight in the wing, uh, that's a great. You know, and it's not a no, you know, no secret. Everyone's done that at some point. Every team's done that at some point in various ways. Um, and as long as it stays the same weight, that it's fully legal, as far as I know. And um, Ah, so but you, you don't change the weight of the wing depending of the type of circuit? They might do, yeah, if they want to change the shift, the weight shift. Okay. So they want to bring the weight forward. But the thing is about that, uh, same with the back of the car. If you put weight on the, the front or the back, it, it's putting weight in the place where, the, where it's not in the centre of rotation of the car. So it's actually quite a bad thing. Okay. Um, but it might outweigh the advantages of changing your shift, weight, pushing weight shift forward. Your, your centre of inertia is then moving out. Uh, which means it's harder to turn the car essentially. So okay. it's not. But yeah, no. I was thinking even have to be with the, the the weight of the driver because now you can see drivers are taller <laughs> and they look heavier than was a couple of years ago. Yeah. No, George Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weber was. Yeah, I'll never say. Yeah, yeah. All them are uh, for <laughs> the driver that I know, like Philippe, uh, Felix Lacoste, and other Porsches one, even uh, Monteiro, Tiago Monteiro that went to Formula One. Yeah. All them are sh are shorter than me. Mm. You know, they are 160, 165. You know, I haven't seen a lot of these guys in reality, so I don't know. Okay, okay. I was thinking you guys have contact <clears throat> with the weight. To adapt because you know, uh, all the, they always try to manage the same weight, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. because it's quite quite tricky, you know. We'll try and get it down because a lot of these, you know, I certainly remember in the Coulthard uh, Weber days where they would try and get their weight down. So, uh, you know, big strong guys, and, and I think <laughs> they, and they did uh, before the before the season start get their weight weight right down um, because weight's always a, a tricky thing because you, you've got the minimum weight for the car, so you can't be below that. Um, however, you want to make everything, everything as light as you can because you want to then um, put ballast where you want the ballast to okay. be, which is typically under the driver's seat or the middle of the car, centre of inertia, low down, um, because it just makes the car, it makes everything better, basically. Uh, and I wish I could be more technical about that, but I can't remember. To be fair, probably been a lot of... <laughs> and uh, let me only question about this one because you could have been on Aston Martin, higher with the Valkyrie. You think the your work on the Valkyrie wing, that you work on the wing on the Valkyrie... Uh, so with the Valkyrie project, so what that was, um, uh, I, I, I can't. I could talk all, all day about this project, uh, but essentially, I was fortunate to go along at the very, to be part of the, part of the very uh, start of the, the, the design. Okay. So there was a core of um, uh, seven people uh, who started it. Uh, well, Ben Butler started it. He was the main guy, still is now, uh, and. He had a few designers around him. I was lucky to be one of those designers to, to make the, the first um, uh, scheme out, the, the concept of the car, uh, back when it, when it was called Nebula, you know, a long time ago. And uh, so I, I did the, um, took Ben's design and, and made it, trying to make it manufacturable uh, okay. as a composite part and um, uh, worked with, and, and this is the point actually, I was lucky enough to work, not work, but communicate directly with Adrian Newey uh, and we discussed and worked out things like where the fuel cell and curves would go and how they'd be laid out and issues such as how 
um, we'd pass an impact test. So what the impact structure might look like, how it's going to fit, um, and as well, you know, side impact and that kind of thing, uh, as well as the closure, so the, how the, the front and rear clams would open, how they'd hinge the doors, which way they go, that kind of discussion. Which I kind of I pinch myself then, you know, have that kind of discussion because I, you know, obviously a nobody um, in comparison to to um, Adrian, and uh, yeah, it's quite cool to have direct discussion. But that's as I, I mentioned earlier, uh, you had to be so careful to say something couldn't be done to him because he would he would just come he up with like, you know what he'd make it look like you know, <laughs> and he would make it even better. So he, he, he you present him with a problem, and he would. Uh, he would not only say it's possible, but say you could also do better. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I, I understand it's, that. it's quite, yeah. It, it's it, the same thing, because you, I, work, like I, say, I work in the kitchen, in front of this chef. Yeah, the, yeah, I yeah. will say the, the cochine, well, he always been famous very for his uh, bold flavors. So every time you go there, he always found something that was, if it was just a little pinch of any spice, anything, yeah, yeah, or sugar place. or something, and after you taste it, and you, and you look like, oh man. <laughs> You, you tell go, oh. Oh, yeah, 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 he always yeah, has, he has always a solution, better. right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, yeah, go, yeah. oh. Yeah, oh. yeah. You go, no, oh. it's... Um, oh, oh, and everything. And it was always small inches. That yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. was there in front of you and you didn't so. So I, I presume it would be the same feeling that you... Yeah, well, no, he's, I suppose he's the ultimate chef in terms of F1. And, and uh, you know, he... Um, and he still loves it. He's still there. I think he just signed another contract. Yeah, uh, and he Toto, must uh, approach him to try to take him oh, to Mercedes. Oh, and so he should. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> so his they, talk. Apparently, the talk was <laughs> before his renewal that they call him yeah. and they ask him and yeah. he, he declined. And I think that's that would be the way because he's. I think he was moving to Mercedes. Oh. Would not lost his dynasty, but he's so connected to all the growth of Red Bull. Well, he's just been put in, in, in on a, on a um, pedestal for good reason, and yeah. uh, he, he is the dictator, and he might not be somewhere else. And I think, to be honest, I think Red Bull say, I don't know what they say, but I'll imagine they say whatever you want <laughs> in terms of <laughs> you know so. freedom. Uh, and you know, like I imagine the road car was like you know he wanted to do the road car, and they yeah. let him and they gave him the tools. And uh, uh, yeah, no, there's not there's not a bad thing to say about the guy, obviously. Um, no, no one can really can. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But your uh, involvement on the Valkyrie, you think have any development after to the F1 team? Because Aston Martin now they are using a lot of Red Bull ideas yeah. and Red Bull. Uh, so I presume you think any of your because uh, is there a connection? No. Uh, so so Aston right. So uh, when the Red Bull Valkyrie project started, it's called Nebula, and that was uh, Aston Martin F1. Did wasn't there yet? Didn't exist. It was okay. still. Um, Racing Point, and we had Aston Martin road car people at our factory working alongside Rebel Advanced Tech. So you had Rebel Advanced Tech and Aston Martin road cars. Already connection there. Yeah, yeah, in the factory. But that was when it was called Aston Martin Red Bull. Okay, Uh, that's why they had the project managed to happen. So Nebula was uh, Newey Bull uh, uh, Aston Martin Lagonda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's command project of of the like a side like a side project. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And uh, that was so that was the connection there. Uh, Aston Martin were, yeah, the title sponsor of Red Bull. And it was just a collaboration between the road car and the F1 people who were in our bat at the time. And they were just for the road car. And, but no, I don't think anything carried over. There'll be no, you know, the, the racing point became Aston. And but essentially uh, will be the same organisation. 
obviously expanding at a huge rate like they are now. You know, their new building uh, is, is quite a statement. It's coming, coming a lot of money, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, they're not. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and as money comes, results it will. And I don't think I think they've done. Obviously, they've done very well um, this year. I don't know where that came from. Uh, Maybe, yeah, I, was, I was surprised. No, yeah. I wasn't on board the uh, <laughs> Alonso hype train, but so uh, I am now. <laughs> you know, it was quite. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know Alonso personally, but of course you know people that are on the on because like you say, it's just, you think racing is a big world, but yeah. on, on the end of the day, everyone knows everyone. You know, and yeah, now yeah, there's yeah. some connection. Yeah, and a lot of people say that it's quite tricky. You know, it's a talks that uh, when he was in McLaren, he was giving money like a brown envelope. Oh, uh, you had to the engineers oh, no for having a, bit, uh, a way between him and Hamilton. No, I didn't know that. No, no, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 one no. of the engineers no. come out and said that one time right there and they have uh, 50,000. Oh, right. Goodness <laughs> on, uh, on the, but he was only the person connected with tires. So for him, yeah, yeah Alonso was trying to put everyone, uh, of course, his, his ways of managing people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I always yeah. like more Vettel. I think always Vettel was a little bit, I think he grew up more as a person inside because I think on his first years was a little bit that Vettel, Mark Webber, that he went on Red Bull, I think was very difficult years. Yeah, but he never, I know what you mean. Do you mean like he never went over his skis in terms of his personality? He, okay. was, he was always genuine. Is that kind of what you're saying? It's, he, he was, um, yeah, there was never an edge to okay, uh, Vettel okay. as far as I could You know, sometimes what we what we think what that happened is very different. Absolutely. No, you well, have this uh, drive, a... drive to survive. That yeah. I, I think it's good for Netflix is yeah. doing, but on the final is a... It's a, t- it's a TV show, a talk show. They, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they create over drama where it not exists. Absolutely, and... there's a lot, a lot of um, uh, things which are made up in the media, and uh, but that's kind of one thing that F1 does that a lot of other sports don't have. Um, but yeah, it's it's yeah, exactly. yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I can't, don't know where to go with that. Really, it's um, <laughs> I don't really follow the, the personalities of. Uh, yeah, there's a thing I I, I I I don't care about. But I, I will say that the, the in terms of the technology and, and the cars, it's quite rare. F1's quite a rare thing where there's not really much BS. It's it, end of the day you have to bef- outperform the other team, and on the track there's no. It is what it is. It's no. Yeah. It's not like. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but in boxing, you know, you don't really know if there's actually been some money that's changed hands to make a result. In F1, it is what it is. In, in you are uh, as a team, you know, anyone in any department is directly competing with um, the department of another team. Yeah, it's, it's ten teams. It's, it's completely ten teams clear. Like, uh, and there's no fake it. There's no yeah. fake it. There's no. There's no media release you can put out that can say, "Oh, you know, we should have won, um, we didn't. Uh, you, you you win or you lose." And uh, yeah, it was just now this scandal that came back about the uh, the Renault Gate. When uh, Giancarlo Fisichella had the accident. Oh, no, Giancarlo Fisichella. Oh, um, yeah. when Flavio, uh, is it Flavio? Asked, yeah, with Alonso, that Alonso won, and after yeah. uh, that helped Hamilton to get. Uh, so now Maza is, uh, Maza is one to put him in court yeah. because apparently Eccleston knew anything oh, about yes, it. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, I remember this, 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 uh, yeah. But, uh, but it, yeah, you don't see anything outside, outside of that. You know that. You know that Ferrari was something in 2018 yeah. about the fuel that after went uh, FIA say so. Oh, was that when they're throwing oil into the turbo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah. After... That's quite a good idea. <laughs> That's quite a good idea. Really. Yeah, and, and <coughs> they was fighting Mercedes on that time. Yeah, but as soon yeah. as everything was found out, the the car went a little bit down. I think you know that kind of stuff is is quite exciting because that's that's um, you know the rules are. You can be within the rules and still pushing them out, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a loophole that uh, they Absolutely. found it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's good to see because we forgot that a lot of the development that appear on F1 have to come from road cars. So the big developments that you have 
full efficient and everything come faster from Formula One. So you need to remember this one without motorsport. Yeah, absolutely. Our world cars are probably still going the old way that is. Well, it, <laughs> because there's no, there's no body was development. Absolutely, you know, it'd be directly in there, especially the new generation three cylinders uh, on on road cars. And but no, but where does that you know where does that go in terms of you've you've got uh, all the manufacturers now saying they're going away from internal combustion. You've got all these uh, manufacturers of engines uh, for in the F1 team who are you know uh, road car brands. Uh, so where's that going to lead you? I mean, I, I'm, you know, Red Bull powertrains have obviously started, and they've bought everyone they want. They've bought the latest tech, the, you know, the most up-to-date equipment in the best building, you know, the best people they can find. And I would be very surprised if all the F1 teams aren't breaking down their door because, you know, uh, manufacturers, you know, car manufacturers, how long are they going to be, want to be pumping money into F1 engine, F1 engine development when they're all going to, or declaring they're going to hydrogen or electric? It's uh, like Audi, no? Audi have to stop now all the motorsport they are doing. Are they really? Yeah, because they're stopping everything, GTs right. and everything. Except for Formula E. Yeah, yeah now, yeah. and after they will move to Formula 1 because they're going to join in 2026. So they want to, to ship all the money to yeah. F1, just yeah. to development F1. Because Red Bull have one thing that a lot of the other manufacturers don't have. They have the drink. Yeah, and that yeah. bring a lot of income. Well, and they're not <laughs> yeah. tied to a manufacturer. They're not, exactly. not tied to a message which the manufacturers are trying to put, you know, push out. They just yeah. need to win. And yeah. that's always been their thing is like, you know, their core business is winning F1, uh, you know, winning the championship. Uh, so they, they're winning any, any championship that they, they win will we'll sell drinks. Yeah, they just, they just yeah, don't make yeah, money yeah. on the merchandising. They make money on the on the other part. Or to a Mark Webber in two thousand eight. Was it two thousand eight where he flipped the car over? I don't know if you remember that. He hit the back of another car. I think it was Australia, and uh, went over all the way over. And that was uh, in terms of coverage on TV. That was apparently quite helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and after the when Baku, when uh, Daniel Ricciardo and Mar- uh, Verstappen, they they yeah, on the straight, yeah. they went to each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. So all these ones bring... Uh, it's good media. Yeah, yeah, It's, yeah. Uh, it's all and about then, screen and time. And Red Bull is on everything. They sponsor, they sponsor everything. So yeah. they always connect to any part of motorsport these days. I don't see any sport, probably IndyCar, that I, that I don't see any Red Bull uh, livery or I don't think so, no, no. I think no, it's no, the only no. one. I think only in America sports, probably. Even NASCAR, I don't see, I don't remember anything that have a livery no. or a sponsor from... Uh, because they are in everything. They are football. They are they have football teams. <laughs> hot, hot air balloons recently. That's <laughs> something they did last month. But, uh, yeah, no, everything in it, anything. In, again, you know, they do all kinds of stunts around the world. Like the, you know, but uh, you, you take one thing that's very, very important was the all the manufacturers are going green global. Yeah. And now one of the things that we have more on F1 is this tire blanket yes, drama. Yeah, yes. What's your point of view on that? So is that, Let is me that know for... it before you finish. Let me only say this one. Because as they, they focus on reducing the the tire blankets and all the, but after you have a calendar that is everywhere they are on Europe after they go to America after they so the the emissions that they have to do on these travels and everything don't make sense so it would not be better for them focused making Asia Asia calendar after move to Europe after move to America <laughs> so they just focus on tire blankets probably affect a lot of car instead of affect uh, instead of focus on the Bigger, the big plan. Yeah. So what's your point of view on this? Um, I know what you mean about you know going everywhere rather than staying in one continent and uh, uh, area area of the world. Um, I, I, in terms of yeah, I, I F one. They're supposed to be. I think they are net zero. I think F one. So they do uh, offsetting that kind of thing. Yeah. And you know they're they're a global 
circus, essentially, aren't they? Uh, an entertainment show. Um, I, I guess they need to, and anything that's public facing is always good to do uh, that people know about. If you, if you heard their trucks had replaced their mirrors with cameras, you know, it wouldn't really wouldn't make any news. Uh, but it's very much a a very obvious thing to to show that we're not carrying these tire blankets around the world. They're not using electricity all around the world. And, you know, they, they will make the racing better, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it will definitely make the racing better. Because the, the ban, uh, it was quite funny, the ban now has been lifted for Le Mans. Oh, really? Yeah, the, uh, the news was the ban. So for the... To stop having crashes on the first... Co- yeah, because the Ferrari, when the, the Ferrari 499 in Spa, when yeah. it came out from the, the boxes, no, it came out, you have the Alpine on Spa straight away, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, went, he went straight. Okay, okay. So, and a lot of them, they're blaming the tire blanket. Okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, so for the man, for the safety, they, they say they want to lift just in case. Yeah, so it might be banned still. I mean, it's, it's up to the tire manufacturers, really. And, and you know, I think... Um, the tire manufacturers, they will make a way of the yeah. tire get the temperature faster, for yeah, sure, for yeah, sure, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's a trade-off between that and wear, but... It'll be fine. And at the end of the day, these are, these drivers are professional, and they'll all have less grip in the first corner. Well, actually, I don't think that's a terrible thing because you have got less energy then, and they've got to a, le- a lower top speed because they haven't got had grip from the start. Uh, less energy overall. Everyone's got less grip, so they'll slide at the same rate. Okay. Uh, I personally think it'll be absolutely, absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. like I say, everyone speak is people that are outside, and you know a lot of people. On the, on the internet, everyone looks like they are know they know everything. Yeah, okay, that's know, what I, say, I, yeah. I, I don't know, and I keep asking <laughs> yeah. uh, to other persons what their opinion because for me, I would say okay, it will affect a lot. But after other people will know more the way that is and say, look, look, no, it's a small change. Remember the Aulo, everyone outside of the Formula One world was oh, they're taking the way of the car. Yeah, yeah. And how many times now the Aulo on these three years have safe. Yeah. And save uh, lives, you know, even on Silverstone, where uh, we don't sleep on Alfa Romeo, go 200 meters, 300 meters sliding, and the yeah. Aldo was protecting him. Yeah. 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 Even uh, Max Verstappen, when the, uh, they go with Mons and Monza 10 1, when he touch with uh, Hamilton, yeah. and after the Hamilton wheel, go to the, uh, the Aldo. So if no was Aldo, probably will touch on his helmet. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah small. Yeah. But well, grows on to... Aldo, we need to talk about IndyCar. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, IndyCar. Um, <laughs> and your involvement on the, the, yeah, that, their uh, version of Aldo. So that was quite an exciting one. It was um, after, so I'd finished working on the Valkyrie. Uh, I think I'd just done the, the front wing on the Valkyrie project. And uh, yeah, I was very lucky to be invited to take on the Aeroscreen project as the main designer for, for IndyCar. And so that we had a, um, yeah, like I say, it was meeting with IndyCar, it was Jay Fryer and Tino, uh, quite a lot. Uh, so we had a weekly meeting and we worked out how to, yes, yeah, so they wanted to improve safety of the car, obviously, because okay. they had a, a recent fatality. And it's a different, as you know, obviously IndyCar is a different ballgame to F1. And the reason that uh, IndyCar came to Red Bull was because Red Bull F1 had already done it. So they, they've, they've already developed an error screen for the F1 because before Halo, the FIA said, you know, we need, I don't know what the exact releases were, but we need a solution to this problem, guys, and protecting, you know, drivers' heads. Um, okay. And so I think, I can't remember who, I think Mercedes came up with the Halo or Ferrari, and Red Bull came up with the aero screen. So they did a full-on aero screen, tested it. I think Ferrari tested it. And that was when Vettel had gone to Ferrari and said it was making him feel sick. And that killed the aero screen for F1. 
and the Halo. That's why the Halo was the the, the uh, front runner. So basically, they had the technology over in F1. Uh, There's a guy called Jerry Aflaherty uh, from Rebel F1 who had worked on that, developed that. And all we had to do was basically adapt. Uh, yeah, ask uh, Jerry came over to uh, Arbat, uh, Rebel Advanced Tech, and um, he said, "Right, yep, yeah, you need to do this this angle, uh, this curvature." Just keep to those rules and use this material for the screen, and uh, and that, that'll work. And okay, all we so we had to just make it graft it to the the because the, the cockpit that uh, IndyCar used, I think they still use it now as a, a seven year old. It was seven years old back then. Uh, Delara chassis, yeah. and uh, yeah, still, it's still the same. Delara I think chassis. so. There's nothing wrong with it. The, yeah, one, yeah. the only thing is they change is the engine. They have two yes. engine engine brands, yeah, Chevrolet yeah. and Honda, and that's it. And then the, the road course and long course body uh, Yeah, the oval, oval and road course. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, two versions of cars or three versions. I think is one is more. It th- I don't know. Right, I, okay, I, yeah. I know two, but I think is another one that they have there for some. Uh, because American, they have all the type of, of circuits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I should watch it more. I really should. It's, um, I need to get. I think this is one of my one of the last questions. Do you think is well? We should look more on the way that IndyCar is doing their business. As a, I know it's just two manufacturers. I know that Formula One is about manufacturers, so it's a little bit different the way that Americans. But when you go to a race on IndyCar, you never know who's gonna win. It's always unpredictable, and you have the push to push to pass button that give more power to the car comparing with the, the RS is just the wing. So it's some things and less electronics. So I, so I don't know, something that cultivated more. I think Formula One should look a little bit on that. I think, well, uh, F1's now owned by an American company. Yeah, uh, Has that been for long? Yeah. I'm not sure. And they're, and they're, they're yeah, already doing it. 2020. Is that, yeah, yeah, quite recently. So yeah. they're, they're already doing it. It's already influenced coming in to make it more of a show. Um, and, you know, IndyCar, it's just, it was a better show. Okay. You know, it wasn't. And it's, it was better to watch, but if you, that's if you don't take into account the technological advancements and the, the evolution and, uh, oh, you know, what's this driver doing and what's the, what, what have they done to their floor? You know, the, the commentary. Uh, fortunately, with F1, we've got really knowledgeable commentators, often, uh, you know, ex-drivers and uh, people who have been doing it for years and have a really keen interest in what's actually going on and they'll spot things and say, you know, these new side pods for, for this race. And, um, yeah, I think I think... And the cost of the evolution, no? Yeah, you absolutely. have the Baku yeah. that the teams bring new stuff. Now yeah, Imola, yeah. they're going to bring more uh, evolution. They said Mercedes is going to going to bring side pods. They're going to bring. Uh, they're going to take away the car completely. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, going to. Yeah. So yeah, it's always a constant evolution. While you go to in the car, this is a car. Yeah, this is the engine. You your team want to work with the Honda or want to work with Chevrolet. That's it. And yeah, after the, it's just. But the it's set, the setup that they have the data from the team, no? Yeah, absolutely, and, and it attracts um, drivers from you know all over the world, uh, the highest level. And I really hoped actually with the aero screen that they'd bring back. I thought some drivers who retired would come back because it's safer now. You know, yeah. it's a lot safer, uh, but they haven't, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but I thought that would be one of the big advantages yeah, but, of the, um, the screen. I even speak on the podcast. I was quite surprised that top ten on IndyCar in the moment, only three are Americans. The rest, you have a Spanish, yeah. you have Roman Grosjean. Yeah. You have Marcus Ericsson, that both of them, they come from uh, Formula One. Mm. So it is, it's getting more global too. I think uh, so. But and I think they, if they come to Europe, probably they will, uh, if they will start doing something on Europe, probably they will, they will yeah, bring yeah. more people. That'd be incredible, it? It's not a bad, uh, a bad type of open wheel. No, uh, no. I mean, NASCAR. Can you NASCAR imagine? I mean, different from what we are used. Yeah, it's, it's, it's arguable that they're greener than F1, isn't it? Because they're in, you know, all in America. But can you imagine a Nürburgring race? It'd yeah. be quite something, <laughs> uh, even as a feature, or just to give it a go. Uh, yeah. 
that'd be amazing. Yeah, number think, of cars as well. Would be you know, be really, really. Yeah, I think I think they uh, if they will come, they will they will manage to do something. Mm. And I think with a lot of people because the F1 in Miami, the numbers on on a, on the race day was ninety seven thousand. And that's not the number that we want on a on the biggest race of uh, Formula One. Doesn't no. sound high. That's not no, high. No, 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 exactly. No, 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 no. Where I've been on a Silverstone <laughs> 2019 and it was 275,000. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And after you have a now on uh, Australia that was almost uh, 400,000. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't think uh, F1 need to look a little not bit quite more. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. need to look a little bit more. And what? Because on the end of the day, I say it's not the stars. You know, do you have... Uh, 20, 30 stars, mm. movie stars, or that's going to bring that's going to pay the tickets and going to buy the merchandise. Absolutely. Because yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, how many, how many t shirts you have when you was a kid of Formula One? Mm. Um, oh, Ferrari. <laughs> for me, it's all about Ferrari. Yeah, yeah I, grew up, I grew up on that, <laughs> on yeah, that era yeah, too. Yeah. So I think my first memory of Formula One, of course. Uh, I have the, a little bit memory of the Ayrton Senna accident and everything. Okay. Because okay. I remember the Rotman's uh, livery and all this uh, type of things after. Yeah. Uh, so I have the Cannon, the Rotman's livery on the Williams. So I remember a little bit of this time. Yeah. But yeah. I, w- I, was, I was a kid. Yeah. I cannot say that of uh, five years old, I would have a big influence <laughs> no. on me. But uh, the first memory I have after big memories are Mika Mika Akin in the 98. Schumacher after Rubens Barrichello, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, all yeah. all that was the the era that I really start jumping on Formula One, and yeah, I think yeah. was was a good era. It was a good good era, but is that rose tinted glasses? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, it's hard to kind of look back and think, oh, was it better? Or you know, yeah, I think it's more the nostalgia. So, you no, know? I think a lot yeah, of people yeah, get yeah, nostalgic yeah, and say, yeah. oh, before it was. On the seventies, you have cars finish with twenty seconds advance too. Yeah, too. So yeah. that the races will be, uh, you know, that uh, on f- between eighty eight and ninety two, that will be McLaren. Yes, uh, you know, or or even if Alan Prost was in the Ferrari, they were making some fights. But after McLaren was always coming because they have better cars. So I think we forgot a little bit, a little bit that you know. And if, okay, now we've been in ten years. That means just Red Bull after Mercedes and yeah. now Red Bull again. Yeah, but. I think it's, it's errors. In four years, everything will change. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. the, uh, I don't think Red Bull will. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it. I mean, it's, I'm, a, you know, I'm a massive bias towards Red Bull um, for various reasons. But, uh, you know, the engine, that, I mean, obviously, the no joke with chassis and with the engine department, I can't see how they're going to be beaten. I just don't, I don't okay. think it's, I can't see how it's possible. Um, yeah, just from hearing what's going on. Yeah, because apparently they are not even using the full power of the car. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, that. yeah, I, I don't know. That, that could uh, be always to scare the other ones to not scare. It's a great rumor to spread, yeah. isn't it? Uh, oh, we we could try harder. A good rumor to spread actually is saying you're working on next year's car already, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's always a good thing to put out there. Uh, um, but um, yeah, they, they um, yeah they must be backing off on um, uh, you know you know I guess they use their engine as they need to in terms of backing off power, okay. like any team. So if you're I suppose if you're ahead a certain amount of race and you can survive. You know, some calculated incidents happening. Um, you know, I guess you'll be winding your engine down to save it, and then towards the end of the season, you can be a bit more, you know, not too worried about it because you've got plenty left if you have got plenty left. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, Ferrari they already changed almost. Charles Leclerc already changed almost all the parts on the car. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah. anyway, he's crashing almost every week. Yeah. He already crashed so much. The numbers of crash of of Charles Leclerc this season yeah. is the same numbers of Mick Schumacher last season on us. 
already. Quite, so, uh, so if you check, if you crash so much, of course you're going to be difficult for your car to be 100. <laughs> yeah, it's such a fall from grace. I mean, you know, when they started the season last year, they were looking like the favourites. Um, is that right? 2020. Yeah, yeah, was was. And with their, you know, uh, funny side pods and the, the kind of um, scallop back back end of it, um, everything went away. Yeah, no, it was. It was the, they, I mean, they obviously um, committed to that car early, and they put year must have put you know maybe three years into it. Um, and but they just can't develop, as far as I can tell, which is a bit unfortunate. Uh, they can't react. Um, but that's been always Ferrari. Ferrari has been always very constant. Yeah. Mean, uh, before the Schumacher jump. There was again, uh, I think, 15 years without winning a uh, constructors. Oh, 15 year gap. Yeah, yeah was yeah. that really right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. so yeah, they yeah. always yeah. been on big, uh, big yeah. gaps. It's always a go, a go, a go, go. Uh, you know, because even Nicky Lauder when he jump on the on the Nicky Lauder when he jump on Ferrari, they yeah. say, oh, why why this car is like this? This is a shit box, you know. Yeah, 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 and yeah. after he makes Ferrari go again, so I think. He's always cool. <laughs> well, I was, you know, I was, I in the past always talked down Ferrari until they released that car last year, and I, I was like, well, I, I said I was wrong um, about them. Uh, but it just seems that, in my opinion, the engineers, unfortunately, are, tend to be in the UK, and yeah. you know, they, they would do everything they can to get people out there. They'll give you a house and you know whatever you want um, to go out to Fienza, Fienza. Um but. Yeah, they, people tend to, you know, the word gets back that people have trouble, you know, they go out with their wives and their families and, they, you know, the wives are a bit lonely, that kind of thing. And it's a story that kind of resonates. Yeah, it's... And so people tend to stay around here and, you know, we're in Motorsport Valley, you know, which is kind of around Oxford, of, you know, most of the teams are within a, like yeah, a 15 like miles. Walkingham those, They're all so, close. Yeah. Uh, and, and um, yeah, you can't, it means you can move around in your career. If you go to uh, Italy. It's easy to travel. Yeah, yeah. It's a dream for you know. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's been a dream for most people. A lot of people I've worked with, Ferrari was an ambition. Um, but the reality is, not only you know quite uh, difficult for your personal life, but also not much glory anymore. <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> look, if you if you're gonna ask me yeah, to finish the, the, this episode, if you're gonna ask me which car I would like, if I had the possibility to, to sit down, yeah, I would. I like one? all of them. I will. I will sit down in a Ferrari just because it's our history. Yeah, you know, it is uh, his yeah, yeah. history of Formula One. Yeah. For, for probably in twenty years, we're gonna look and say, "Oh, Red Bull," the same way that we look to to Ferrari. But I don't know. I always Ferrari always been around <laughs> around uh, around yeah. us, like you say. Absolutely, we came from the same era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we always grow up see see the the red car and uh, yeah, we always yeah. even. If I see a man, is the first car that's in any type of category. Yeah, I always look now. He's on WEC, and you see the hypercar, and you see Lucas. You have the Porsche. You have uh, the Cadillac that is looking amazing. You have um, the Acura that looks like a beast. But after you look and you see the 499 Ferrari yeah. <laughs> with a symbol yeah, automatic, yeah. like bloody hell, everything looks better than red. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Red <laughs> racing car. Yeah, every, every red, and red, and red and yeah. white strips are always. <laughs> I think any car that you put, when you put a red and a yeah. white stripes livery. I mean, hopefully they'll come back. Uh, yeah, hopefully see. they will. And uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> What an amazing interview, I think the way that Mark uh, played himself was great, I think it was better than I was expecting and um, I cannot say so many thanks. Quick note before we close the podcast is 
talk with Mark after the Monaco Grand Prix as we record before the Monaco Grand Prix. So when I talked with him, it was on a Friday before the Monaco Grand Prix, if my memory will work properly, after I had some questions about the floor and everything that we saw where the cars was lift. And that was his uh, question. My question was, sorry, my question was, will people be able to copy as everyone was saying that they're going to be able to copy and i asked him if the other teams can copy so easily and if they use ai as a big part of that development and he told me that it's clear to see that from the image that red bull that have even more floor tunnel volume than last year especially around the gearbox essentially shrink wrapping the floor legally boxes other teams will struggle to copy as if you raise large portions of the floor will eat all the car system and parts will are, which are placed as low as possible in the car center of gravity. The Red Bull have clear compromise of their center of gravity for these huge tunnels. If others were to replicate Red Bull design next year they will have to make huge changes to all the system that the floor tunnels uh, cut through. Therefore I believe this image will not make any difference on this season and even probably to the next season. Uh, I believe all the teams work in the same way where senior aerodynamic analyzes the current car and makes educated guesses as to what shape changes will give them more points, more downforce and less drag. These ideas are then uh, modeled, analyzed and tweaked in the CFD, which is a form of AI. If the idea is worth pursuing it, then gets tested in real life scale model with a wind of tunnel to validate the gains. If successfully, they will then send the new surface to design and make which race they will be introduced. And that explains a little bit, a little bit, like I say, everything that we think that's not going to be so easy to replicate the Red Bull floor and, and you can see that a lot of um, these experts and everyone talk sometimes is just people saying whatever they think and they don't have a base fact. From my part is everything. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast a little bit different, more about motorsport, like I say, than sim racing. But we'll go back to sim racing on the pro- next program. So surely I'll make Mark Foster again to talk about Rosalind well, Bates. We're going to talk about the rally uh, sim racing games, what's happening with them, why we are not receiving any more good titles. We're going to talk about uh, with Nicolas DGV. We're going to have Sabra Porto from Portugal. So a lot of good things. And I hope to see you guys on the next time. So, see you guys.